What is the think tank? According to Cambridge English Dictionary, a think tank is defined as a group of experts who are brought together to develop ideas and give advice on a particular subject. The think tank is an incubator designed to facilitate innovative change, spark meaningful connections, and build networks and communities constructed to propagate new ideas and catalyze productive, hyperconscious action. The role of this think tank is to help you explore the depths of your subconscious mind. You will learn how to turn your thoughts into actions that will amplify growth and allow you to crush your goals. I'm your host, Alex Fink. Now it's time to embark on the journey of a lifetime. Let's grab our scuba gear and dive deep into the think tank. Welcome, welcome to another very special episode of the Think Tank Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Think. Dive on in. The water is fine. Today, we have my man Camilo Pera here, and he is the CEO of Clickable Impact. It's a social media marketing company. So, uh, Camilo, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to the Dive Tribe here and say what's up? Yeah, definitely. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you, Alex, for the invitation. It's definitely an honor to be here. Um, so basically at Clickable Impact, we do a lot of direct response marketing via Facebook ads. That's our bread and butter. So anything that has to do with anyone taking a very specific action online via paid advertisement, we can definitely help them with that. Um, so scaling companies from making like 10 grand per month to 100 grand in the, in the spam of two months, that's, that's basically what we do. Jeez, there you go. Um, so to start it off, I believe we're the protagonist of our own hero's journey. And so what is your story? Who is Camilo and what do you do and how did you come to be? Yeah, definitely. That's, that's quite an interesting story. It's one of those things that you've never really been asked before. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's my story? Um, it, it's it's, it's, it's quite, quite difficult to say because me as a person, I am there's the me of the Camilo, the person that was born in Colombia and migrated to the United States. And there's also a story of how I became an entrepreneur. Um, basically, those two stories, they merged together in one very specific point in my life that it was probably the lowest point in my life. So um, basically, to get the whole story started, I was born in Colombia. Um, after when I was 14 years old, I migrated to the United States okay. um, because my mom, she was here and she called me one day like, hey, would you like to come here? You know, I was 14 years old. I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? Might as well. And throughout that time, you know, I realized a lot of things. I learned about a lot of things about myself being in a different country. Um, but I eventually got to call this country home. So long story short, um, things were really, really, really bad financially for me towards when I was about like 20, 21 years old. Um, and one day I found myself like hitting rock bottom when I had to actually go to those plasma centers right? Um, where you go in there, they put a needle in your arm, they strike a pint of blood or I'm not really sure how much, but, and they hand you a $20 gift card right, and then right. you go your own way. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a very, very turning point in my life based on the fact that one, it was very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. very, very uncomfortable. Of course. Um, it was also, I felt a lot of shame inside of me having to do that, like having to get to a level like, wow, this is the country for opportunity. Why is it that I'm selling my blood to have to pay my bills, mm-hmm. type of thing. 
so that day I took a picture of of my arm as they were drawing blood and I told myself I'm never gonna do this again this is just never gonna happen right. again um, after that you know life 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 happens I ended up meeting who it is now my business partner and we started with the social media marketing agency um, about two years ago and it was the day like okay we're doing this on the side we got a couple clients but at the time I was working full-time mm-hmm. she was also working full-time right and we had two clients that they were paying their bills solid every single month so the conversation turned into okay if we want to turn this into something real one of us has to go full-time right right um, and the conversation just kept going that way but it it was fear that was holding us back right is it her that's gonna go full-time mm-hmm. is it me that's gonna go full-time so life has a very interesting way of working itself out so back in 2017 i was gonna turn 25 years old okay so i was i was questioning a lot of things like what am i doing with my life Mm -hmm. where am i going Mm -hmm. what have i done for this quarter of a century that's gonna make an impact in this world i love it um and the answer was pretty much nothing Mm -hmm. so I love traveling. Every six months, I set myself a goal of going somewhere around the world. Doesn't really matter where. Right. So at that point, I was gonna go to Cuba. So I landed in Cuba in January first, two thousand seventeen, and I was gonna turn twenty-five in January eleventh. So in ten days from that day, I was right. gonna turn twenty-five. So while I was in Cuba, I experienced a lot of amazing things. I met amazing, amazing, amazing people, a bunch of travel travel nomads, a bunch of entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. that pretty much made me realize that one, I had to set my goals even higher. I had to just like be very ambitious about the things that I want. And the other one is that you know, you have to pay the piper. You have to work really, really, really hard for what you want. Um, so once I came back to the United States in June 4th, I will, in, in January 4th, I was I was ready to go. Uh, okay, this is what I want to do. So funny enough, um, like I mentioned earlier, I was working full-time at a company. Um, and since I was doing that and trying to get the, the social media marketing agency, ClickAll Impact, started, um, my performance was going down at the company. Right. So on January 10th, one day before I turned 25 years old, I get a message from my boss. She texted me. She she typed on the little chat, "Hey Camilo, can you come to my office? Oh, we need no. to talk." <laughs> and nothing good in the history of humanity has ever come out of the words "we need to talk." <laughs> so I go inside her office. And I close the door, and I can feel that it's very tense. Feel the tension, yeah? Very tense. Cut it with a knife? Exactly. (laughs) And she didn't even want to look at me in the eyes. Oh, no. So I sit down, and I'm like, hey, how's everything? She's like, everything's good, everything's good. Please sit down. And she just goes straight to it. Like, hey, we've been looking at your performance. We already talked to you about this. We don't see the improvement. Um, And at this point, like, you know, like, we know that you have a business on the side, but we need you here 100%. And then she goes and she puts her hand on a piece of paper. She slides the paper down the table. She hands it to me and she tells me, we're gonna have to let you go. Oh so no. Like, oh damn, okay, okay. So uh, at that point, you know, when, when those things happen, you're like, okay, well, it happened. Take it on the chin, let's keep moving, right? Exactly, right. so I took off my badge, I gave it to her, and I'm like, hey, thank you so much for the opportunity, blah, blah, blah. 
she told me, okay, there's police outside because we're going to have to score you out of the building. Really? Because it was a pretty big deal. In the job that I had, I was a financial analyst for one of the largest um, defense contracting companies in the world. Oh, okay. Wow. So it was, you know, it was one of those things that I could have deleted a file or like sent to my own email any, any confidential could've, information. Okay, I see what you're saying. Right. So they scored me out. And I sat in the parking lot inside of my car for a good 10 minutes mm -hmm. trying to process everything that had just happened. My only source of income, well, my, my main source of income just got removed from the, my feet. Right. And I saw it coming. You know, it was mm -hmm. one of those things that like, yeah. You could I'm, anticipate I'm, it, right? Yeah. It, it was just a matter of time. And like, it was more like, when are they going to fire me? Rather mm -hmm. than like, oh my God, they fire me. Like, <laughs> you know, so that was why I was like so cool about it. So. As soon as that happened, I sat in the car, I took my phone out, and I texted my business partner. I just got fired. And she replied back, she replied back immediately. She's like, oh, don't don't worry about it, we'll figure it out. Right. We have a couple we have a couple bucks in the bank account for the company. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna do some some math so you can live off of that for a while and we'll figure it out. There you go. And then I replied back. I was like, you know what? we're not gonna do that we're gonna use that money to run ads to get more clients and start this company and so basically the next day on January 11th I turned 25 years old and I became the first full-time employee of what it is click all impact now wow and now wow we managed 20 people we've been able to grow the company in a year and a half well, hey, man, that's an awesome story. So thank you for sharing. And uh, so the next part that I go into, and I do this with pretty much everybody that I have on the podcast, I quote one of my favorite quotes. And it's, life is like a bow and arrow. It'll pull you back and pull you back, waiting to shoot you off in the right direction. Steady, aim, bullseye. And so this quote defines the inflection points, the aha moments, the defining moments of purpose. And they normally start from a place of pain. And it was interesting how you started off your story, specifically saying that, you know, there, it was the deepest, darkest place that you were in, you know, and that's where I found this, this quote is whenever, you know, I was, I had a DUI when I was 19. That's where I found this quote. And it, I literally had to build myself out of that, that dark hole. And it sounds like you have a lot of those inflection points or those paradigm shifting moments. So why don't you highlight and go into some of those? You talked about, you know, obviously when you moved from Colombia to here, whenever you went to Cuba, that was, you know, where you raised your standards. And then obviously whenever you lost your job at the financial analyst company, were there any other of those like inflection points and what did you learn from those? Basically, it is one of those life-changing things. Is is one of those things that if you don't learn, mm -hmm. life is gonna teach you. Right, 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 right. So in my case, for example, going back to when I was mentioning that I had to donate blood at 20 years old, like in the United States, to say that a 20-year-old is donating blood to pay their bills when there's so much opportunity is something crazy right right so it was one of those things that there was so much pain not only physically it was also internally and also it was one of those things that my brother he he was the one that raised me um, my dad passed away when I was two years old um, so I've always had the only father figure that I've had it was my brother right and my brother he's a very smart person mm -hmm. like my brother he he got into Stanford grad school and he turned them down wow because um, he ended up moving to one of the best business schools in the world which is in Madrid Spain so okay he lives wow there right now um, so it was one of those things that like I'm donating blood while he's rejecting Stanford University. <laughs> right, so it was right. one of those things like life sort of slapped me in the face and told me, hey, if you really want to make something to yourself, you better get it together. Right, right. 
And so it was one of those things that, like, you know, my life didn't change the next day. Mm -hmm. It was at that point, it was the sudden realization that I had to take, that I had to do something. And that something started with taking action. First, it was becoming aware right. of everything that was going wrong and how did I let myself get to that point. I love it. All the events that happened for me to end up on a chair <clears throat> with a needle on my arm and blood just coming out of my body. Right. There, you know, and there's a lot of things that happened there. So it was one of those things that like life didn't really slap me in the face one day. It was like, hey. It was this it evolutionary was, kind of thing where it's like you end up eventually finding yourself at that, that low point. Is at that, that very, very, very low point. And, and once you get that realization that I hit rock bottom, then it's like, okay, well, I mean, technically, technically, <laughs> I can still go a lot lower than right, this. Right. But, but, you know, if I, I can also go even higher. There's just so much. I just hit this low point. Anything that I do from now on is going to be a gain in my life. I love it. So that's when I started making better decisions that's when i turned to books that's when i turned to knowledge i love it yes, um, yes. i started reading uh, you know we talked about high performance habits brendan uh, burchard yes yeah <laughs> exactly he's, he's an amazing amazing guy and even before that is you know just the basics napoleon hill think right and right 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 how to um, win friends and influence people exactly those types of books right, right. Kiyosaki, yes um, yes rich dad poor dad exactly yeah so i got like, you were those books knowledge I've, I've always found a lot of comfort Mm -hmm. in knowledge right and even when running this company when i feel like we're getting stagnant or when there's there's points that we just don't progress um usually the solution is always in the page of the book i love it wow that's that's a huge like in like point to make there i absolutely love that because i'm a voracious reader as well you know i've read you know the think and grow rich compound effect the you know all of those different um books those personal development books and everything so what would you say are those top three books then let's dive into that a little bit because you're talking about mm. how important that knowledge is high performance habit definitely helped me understand like how to set the standard mm -hmm. like that there is such thing as high performance right. and i think that a, a lot every single day because um, it's not so much about my field of work, digital marketing. Uh, if we look at someone, for example, like Drake, a rapper like Drake, right, right. every single thing that he puts out is just goes viral. Like right. That is him performing at the max level. He mm -hmm. understands how to move masses through his words. Right. The same thing on the example that they give on the book is Tom Brady, where he's at that moment where, he ha where he's at the, at the Super Bowl and he has to throw the last, mm -hmm. the, the last ball right, right. to score the touchdown. It's like what is what does it take to get to that level right right and at the end of the day like i guess the answer is like just emotional intelligence yeah right? yeah so that's one book the other one that truly 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 shaped me into who i am is the power of habit yes the i love power that book habit is charles a, duhigg yes exactly it's such an amazing book it's such a such an amazing book it's interesting because what i love about that book is it gives you a step-by-step -step process for how habits work you know what mm -hmm. i mean it says you know for context for the listeners here, it basically says that there's three different parts of a habit. There's the um, trigger, that's the part that tells your brain that, okay, the habit is starting. Then there's the routine, which is like the doing of the habit. And then there's the reward, the part that tells your brain that the habit's over. So that was one huge takeaway for me, and I like how he structured the book. 
from yeah definitely because it, it also helped me understand my own personal habits right and how to change those for the better how to yeah. become a better person i love it because that's exactly like the specialty of my focus is habitual development within peak performance you yeah. know so i absolutely love that you touched on high performance habits and then also the power of habit because that is literally my wheelhouse that's exactly the type of work that i do with the clients that i work with professionally or even personally you know yeah, what I mean? definitely and and the last one is more like a is, is a business book it's more like a professional book within my field that's called the ultimate sales letter okay um i'm a copywriter right so that was the that was the book that truly sparked my interest in digital marketing interesting um based on the fact that it's all about persuasion it's all about how you persuade people with your words interesting and the thing is that like when when I moved to the United States, and I'm pretty sure the listeners by this point, they, they realize that I have a slight accent mm -hmm. when I talk. Um, when I was in college, you know, a lot of people used to make a lot of fun of me um, for the way that I will talk. Oh, I'm sorry. So, no, it, the, those are the things that shape you up. Exactly, life, exactly. Right? And so when I grew up, once I grabbed that book, it was one of those things that was more like an empowerment. That, oh, yeah. Like, I can persuade people. Like, the accent is completely independent mm -hmm. on the knowledge that is coming out of my mouth. Right, right, right. Those right. are two independent things. So for me to be able to master the language to the point that I can influence the masses to whatever I want them to right. do via either an ad or via uh, an email, anything that I can write that will influence someone, it was something very powerful. It's a very powerful discovery for me. I love that. I love that. And uh, so who was the author of that book? I'm just curious because I've never heard of that book. I think it was Dan Henry. If I'm not mistaken, it's Dan Henry. Dan Henry. Okay. Yeah. No worries. If not, then then I could put it in the show notes or whatever. We could figure it out. But um, one thing that jumped off, there was a, so many things. So pulling it back, um, there was this... Uh, it was basically a seminar that I watched with Jeff Bezos mm -hmm. and they were begging the question as to like how he scaled his business and this and that. And one thing that I think you exemplify is a point that he made that is a distinction that I don't think many businesses make. And he said that they don't focus on making sales. They focus on helping their customers make a purchase decision. And I think that's kind of a point that you were touching on with the way that you write the copy on the websites that you work with is you're not necessarily, you know, making a sale. Mm -hmm. you, what you're doing is you're trying to lead them through a stage or a funnel, right? A series of events that influences them to make it as easy as possible for them to see the value of the product or the service that you are then marketing for the companies that you're contracting with. Uh, how does that work into like your business and, and everything? Yeah, definitely, because everything that we do is value-based. Mm -hmm. I deeply, deeply believe that if we can help someone, we can make people's life better, you know, like money is irrelevant. Like there's 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 an abundance of money in the world. Right. And it's one of those things that you if you help people get what they want, you'll get what you I love it. One of my right? core values is impact leads, money follows. So exactly. that's exactly like what the point you're making. I and, love it. And that's something that I tell my team all the time is like provide value, the money will fall. Right. The, the money is the byproduct of the value that you bring to the world. It's the result. Exactly. exactly. So when it comes to the business, so we actually have a system mm -hmm. that is based on something that is called the customer value journey. Okay. So everything that we do intrinsically is based on value. Right. So in, in the customer value journey, just to give you a quick rundown, there's eight steps um, and it's based off of 
how healthy human relationships evolve. Okay. And in a healthy human relationship, there's 12 stages, and there's actually a book written about it called The 12 Stages of Intimacy. Okay. Um, you know, how the when a, when a relationship starts, first it starts with eye contact, there's awareness, mm -hmm. then there's the vocal interaction, there's, there's the physical touch, and, and things get Progress. escalating from that. So that's the same approach that we take online to make sure that every single step that we that we that we put people through there's actual value right because people find themselves in this what we call an imperfect present they have all these problems they go about their day and we want to take them to something that we call a desirable future that i love it where yes. they want to get yes to. so at the end of the day we don't really sell products we don't really sell services what we sell is transformation interesting we sell the ability for people to have the life that they want i love it that's exactly the stuff that i do as well but keep going yeah and then we exemplify that through our marketing mm -hmm. so that's why um so to the listeners um I was showing Alex earlier um, the type of products that we deal with and the number one determining factor of where we take on a project or not because there's a lot of companies that have, there's a lot of people that hey would you like to promote this here's 10 grand go make it happen right we actually go them walk them through a process because the number one thing that, that we determine that we used to determine if we take on a project or not is product market fit okay so is what is the impact that that this product or service is gonna have in people's life. Right. And how big is that impact, you know? Now, then dive into that a little bit because I'm very intrigued now as to like, w what is that process? How, do you, like, can you quantify that? Like, how do you guys gain a sense of how much value that product has within the market? Um, at the end of the day, like, it's sales. In intuition thing? Oh, sales. sales. Okay, I yeah, see. Yeah, and, and, you know, like, you can spot a, a very, like, a good product when mm -hmm. you see it. So just to give you an example, like, two, two completely different examples. So there was this one client that he said, hey, I'm selling rings online. I'm selling them on Amazon. I would like to create my own, my own store and sell them on my own store. And we're like, okay, well, how much money are you making online? He was like, well, I'm making about like $5,000 every single month. Like, okay, well, that's, that's, that's definitely product market fit. There's, there's an interest in the market. Mm -hmm. Someone deals, deems this product valuable Valid, enough right, right. to give you money, right? Mm -hmm. But once we created the store, it was actually the complete opposite. Because what happens is that this were these were commodity items. Mm -hmm. They were really not special whatsoever. The fact that they were moving on Amazon is because you know, like Amazon is the largest mall right. on the on the internet, right, right? Right, right, They pump out billions upon billions. So to sell anything, like you can pretty much sell anything on Amazon. That's a commodity. As long mm -hmm. as it's a commodity, right? Um, so it was one of those things that once we launched everything and we did everything, we actually failed with the project wow. based on the fact that we couldn't really tell anyone the value that buying this product brought to their life. Because mm -hmm. if they could find it on Amazon, and not only they could find it on Amazon, they could find it even cheaper than we were selling it for. Right, right, right. So there was no, that. that's an example of having no value, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. In terms, I have this client that I imagine she's getting around, I think, like, last time I checked, it was 178 return ad spend. Like, we're killing it. Like, right. for every dollar that I'm putting in, mm -hmm. I'm getting $178 Jesus. out based on the value that this product has in the market. Right, right, right. It's an investment app that you pay no fees, you pay no nothing. Literally, you pay nothing. And you go on, you, it's an investments and savings platform called Worthy. And you go in there and they pay you 5% annualized on your savings and investment because um, they use that money that, that you invest in the app buying bonds because 
that that's the product that they sell. They sell bonds. Right. So with that money, they go and lend it out to small businesses, mm-hmm. um, and you know they they get a percentage of the interest and whatnot. So they're helping. They're not only helping the businesses build the in infrastructure America, of the business, right? Exactly. They're also helping small investors and right. small individuals. Pretty much anyone can be an investor. At Interesting. That point. So then they're acting as like a link in the middle between, without actually you know making. They're using the leverage basically that they're giving the money mm-hmm. that they're taking from the the savings accounts, the clients, all of that kind of stuff to help fuel the business that they're contracting with and then taking the interest based off of that exactly wow so, so it is they're, they're helping pretty much everyone right right know? it's like, a win 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 exactly right. <laughs> exactly so it's one of those things that like you can see the value right like 100 you know like you can not only 178 percent exactly right? <laughs> you can you can not only see it in the numbers on the return ad right, spend right. it's also something that like you know for anyone anyone can go in there and get like a five percent return annualized return their investment i love it um so it's one of those things that if we do if we take on a project that is value based that we know that this is going to help someone mm-hmm. that we're actually truly truly that we're with a hundred percent guarantee that we're helping someone the project is just going to work like it, it, it's easy like those are the easy projects right right you know like because the product or the service sells itself you know because yeah. the the value is apparent it's transparent completely like in the same way that like just you explaining how that worked I can instantly say, like, let me get that app. Let me download it, like, now, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I want to start investing yesterday. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah. So, like, now my mom is doing it, and she shows me how much interest she's getting. There you and go. Whatnot. Right. So, like, you know, like, if we help, if like, my, my thing is, like, let's make the world a better place. I and love that's it. it. That's all I need to do. If if every, like, doesn't really matter how much money I want to have in my bank account, right. or the properties I want to own, the car, type of car that I want to drive. Well, to get to all those places, I need to help a lot of people. So I'd rather <laughs> focus on, like, helping right. people, making the world a better place, rather than, like, what's the next car that I'm going to buy. I absolutely love it because, you know, there's a few things that jump off for me. First and foremost is what your why power is so genuine and it's so incredibly focused on how can we make the world a better place how can we impact and so you know one of the exercises that I do in the beginning of my peak performance coaching is called the six basic needs and Mm -hmm. so basically the first four are the basic needs of the mind and the body and then the last two are of the the fifth ones of the heart the sixth ones of the soul and so uh, basically you know the people on the podcast have heard this multiple times before but long story short the fifth one is um, growth is the basic need of the heart and contribution is the basic need of the soul and it sounds like those are the two like main archetypes behind your personality and what it is that drives you and i see this consistent theme if you go back and listen to you know the chris pagano episode that i just recently posted he also is an entrepreneur and he's also exemplifies this desire of impact this desire to change the world this desire to grow internally and then facilitate growth in other people other companies whatever the case may be and so i just wanted to commend you on that because that's something that's very noble and it seems to be a consistent trend in scalable successful business Mm -hmm. you know what i mean is like don't focus on the end result let's focus on the game that it takes to get there and let's fall in love with the game yeah definitely because for example you know like a lot of people tell me hey like oh my god you're killing it right that you went from nothing to imagine 20 people and counting but they don't really see the fact that I failed seven different companies right. to get to this point. Mm-hmm. And those seven different companies, all they had in common is that it started them to make money, not to provide value. This right. is the only company that were like, okay, 
I have a skill and I'm pretty sure someone's willing to pay that skill because I'm willing, like that skill is going to make them better. It's going to make their business. It's going to push their business forward. Right. So all of those, like at that point, it was like failure after failure mm-hmm. after failure. Like, mm-hmm. okay, stop chasing money, chase value. I love it. Wow. So it's like, you know, it, back to that whole point that you said in the beginning too, is like life will sometimes show you you know, and teach you those lessons for you. It'll slap you in the face a little bit, you know, and I'll be completely transparent here. I've told my story before on the hyperconscious podcast, you know, like I've been in eight car accidents, Mm -hmm. you know, in the same way you had to fail seven businesses to be able to learn that lesson. I had to fail, you know, eight, eight times behind the wheel to learn like, Hey, you shouldn't be driving like a jackass behind the wheel basically. So the point that I'm bringing up is like, you know, failure is the starting point of all growth, you know, and most people see it as like an end point. People are like, Oh, well failure, you know, like I just failed, you know, and they give up. Right. Failure is the point when you accept defeat is what I believe. It's not, you know, this, this end destination. It's only the starting point because another example is when I'm in the gym, you know, I'll be working out, I'll be exercising, whatever. And I fail on pretty much every set that I do. I push myself to failure mm-hmm. because I know that's what it's going to take for those muscles to break down and grow. And in the same way, there's those growing pains that come with growing a business as well. So now that you guys have scaled up and leveled up into this, this new um, office space that you guys have here, what are some of those growing pains and what tips would you give to entrepreneurs that are kind of in the first phase trying to level up? Uh, definitely setting up the right systems and processes to create a, a long-term structure, mm-hmm. like to create a long-term business, making sure that something that's very important, the team, like I'm, I'm here because of my team. Right. Like, I love my team. Like uh, you have no idea how much, how grateful I am because of my team. Right. Because they're willing to get down and dirty just because, you know, I'm the one leading this doesn't mean that they, they do any less work or anything like that. Right. Or that I do any less work than them. Right. Mm-hmm. Just because I have this self-imposed title that means nothing. Right. At the end of the day, it really means nothing. It's literally just a label. Right. In the same exactly. way that your name is. You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. So it's one of those things like my team, like having a very, very, very strong team because like one by Apple can ruin everything and right. I've seen that happen multiple times across multiple teams that I've either consulted with mm-hmm. or I've had like business partners like those seven businesses that right. fell you know right. like there was always like this one bad apple so the first one is like to make sure that you have a very strong team and that all all of you are going in the same direction and you all have a clear vision of what the business in and the long-term goal of the company is and the values every single one the has values to have they have to be aligned like there's so much like people think that like oh business and then ipo and then money but mm-hmm. there's so much about like the interpersonal relationship exactly right like right and communication with mm-hmm. the team right if if and you know this is something that i learned from sir richard branson that if i treat my employees well they're gonna treat my clients yes well. exactly and i say that all the time too because like there i think every single person that's listening every single person that you know hears this podcast will be able to think back into their past to a shitty boss that they've had in the past mm-hmm. you know and it's like I don't, I've never understood why a boss would be rude or mean or condescending or whatever to their employees if they say that they're focused on customer service. Mm-hmm. Because if they're focused on customer service, the boss should understand that the person, the people that they should be nice to should be the ones that are serving their customers. 
You know what I mean? If they're if they're truly focused on customer service, yeah, so I think that, that there's like a hypocritical thing, you know, when it comes to that. Yeah, because at the end of the day, who, at the end of the day, like who's paying for the boss's salary? Exactly, the customers. Exactly, right? exactly. So it's very important. And I, I don't even like to call my my employees like my employees. Right. They're, they're my team members. Your team, right? They're, that's my team. They're they're my boys and I my love girls. You right. Know, we're a team at the end. Brothers in arms, sisters in arms, right? Exactly. I love it. And we all work together. It is. It, it, I have. I'm very blessed to have the team that I that I do I love it man and so one thing that you touched on as well was the system so you said mm -hmm. how in, in, in you know imperative it is to have strong systems can you that's that's kind of a vague term mm -hmm. especially for people that are just starting out you kind of dive into how like what are some of those things that maybe you tried systems wise and they failed or how can you go about skipping some steps in the beginning not necessarily trying to make any shortcuts but you see the point that I'm making, like yeah, dive into those systems and, and what does it mean to have a strong, solid system? Yeah, basically. So basically a business does the same thing over and over and over mm -hmm. and over again, right. right? Until they get really, really good at mm -hmm. it. So it's sort of that, that once you find yourself doing the same things over and over, over again, to a point that you've mastered them, one is to standardizing the process. Okay. Documenting the process and then making sure that you're able to train someone to take over that because you already mastered that skill. Right. So you need to go up to the next level. I love it. So you're setting those processes so that whenever you add a new piece to mm -hmm. your company, that person is ready to kill it. Like that person is like you're saying these people are for success. Right. So and it comes with a lot of trial and error. And this is something that I learned from from one of my really, really good friends, Brent Henderson. I think he's in California. He started an app called Party Twitter. Okay. Um, he got an investment of hundred grand, and he's he's over in Silicon Valley, like typical tech right. tech entrepreneur. Got it. Got it. Got it. Right. And he told me, and this is something that th that is very true that you have to survive long enough until you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So it goes back to all the failures. We experience a lot of failures right, right, until right. you actually. I finally got it. Mm -hmm. like you have to learn from that. Mm -hmm. So is when we started this, we're like, okay, what is it that we're doing? So we started like a social media marketing agency, um, and we didn't really know how to do that. So okay, let's not do that. So let's run Facebook ads. Okay, so what is the right process of doing Facebook ads? I documented that process, and I was able to pass it on to the next person that we hired. So he was ready to go from no experience whatsoever, right. from no experience, to being able to pump out like two grand and three grand. Let's and five cut grand the fat. Let's day. cookie cutter. Got it. Exactly. So so that's what I mean by the systems and mm -hmm. processes. It's something very simple. Technically, a, a system and a process is a Google a Google Sheet right. with steps on how to get something done. Right, 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 right. So it's not so much about like building this crazy infrastructure that mm -hmm. once you click on this button, then that email is gonna go out. And right, right, right. It, it's simple, like business is simple. It's right. not easy. Right, it's, it's simple. simple. I get the point, right. right. You know, and I always say complexity is the enemy of all execution. Yes, 100%. So, you know, if you're trying to make your systems too complex in the beginning, if you're trying to make everything too, you know, integrated, then it becomes a tangled mess, a tangled web, you know, and that's one thing that I've noticed as well is, you know, simplicity is key. There's no need to, to make anything too complicated, but it's not easy, it's as you said, easy. right? Yeah, it's not easy, it's simple, and, but it's not easy, right. especially because, you know, like, we're not really trying to build a house of cards, mm -hmm. and we're we're only as strong as our weakest team member. Right, right, right. So if if I don't set everyone up for success, and mind you, we have we have a tool that we use called called Basecamp. Okay. Um. So basically, on Basecamp, it's our project management system. Okay, gotcha. And and every single time that we take on a new client, since we've taken on so many clients, 
I went and I set up um, a template for how a project should be ran. Mm -hmm. So when when we take a new client, the first thing that we do is go through five strategy sessions. Okay. So there I have five different lists of to do. So I'm like, hey, this is what you do on, on, on session one. This is what you do on session two. You're going to fill up this. The client's going to do that, blah, blah, blah. So it's those type of things, like those systems. That it's have a step-by-step -step process that you can walk everyone else through, teach them as they grow along, and then basically, as you said, the systems walks them through, right? Exactly. Yeah, because if, 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 if I did a good job setting up the right system, then I can pretty much have trust in the team member that I put, that I allocated to a product, that mm -hmm. if they follow the system, it's just going to work, mm -hmm. right? So, so that's setting up systems for businesses for scale, because that's basically how you scale. Right. Uh, you, as entrepreneurs, when, when we start this company, and this is something that we do very often, is that we think that we can do everything. Right. And therefore, we do everything, mm -hmm. which in terms hinders our ability to grow. I love it. It's, it's actually the opposite. We should be doing counterintuitive. Yeah, it's very counterintuitive. So once I got everything out of my head into paper, mm -hmm. that's where the company started like interesting growing up. Because then you can kind of spread and scale and give that to other people and, yeah. and share your ideas. And I was and I was going crazy, you know, because right. I was doing everything. <laughs> right, right, right. It, it was very dumb of me to think that I could do something or that someone else couldn't do the same thing that. I was doing mm -hmm. right um so once i came to a realization that i have to let go of the vine then well then let me ask you was that a sense of ego maybe was it a sense of like not not necessarily like you know i'm the ceo this is my company i need to do everything but like was there a sense of resistance internally to kind of pass it on to somebody else to give that trust to somebody else yeah is is two things is like not having trust in the other person because we haven't vetted them enough mm -hmm. and the other one is not having trust in myself that whatever i'm gonna have them do i'm explaining them in the right ways for them to actually be successful right in that thing okay um and you mentioned the ego part yeah that's that's also in you know thinking that i'm the only one that can do this mm -hmm. or i'm the one that can do it the best you mm -hmm. know right because i'm actually very very proud when when i have a team member that does something that wasn't really expected right and it's something that i didn't even know how to do it like wow nice that that's the point that i get i want to get every single one of them exactly you know i started this company and you know to some extent i was the one that had quote unquote the most knowledge mm -hmm. but I want every single one of them to surprise me I don't right. want the knowledge to get capped at where I'm at well and that's kind of also as you were saying is like you're only as strong as the weakest link so it's like as each pe person begins to expand their skills in different directions they can spread that to the rest of the team and the whole team can grow and elevate together yeah exactly exactly I love it you know we're, we're all one thing that has birds of a feather flock together exactly. ships in the same harbor rise and fall with the tide right exactly I love it exactly. I love it exactly um, so the other thing that you touched on there was the interpersonal relationships and how important that is to you. And, and culture was one thing. I mean, you didn't ex you know, explicitly state that, but I think that that's something that's very, very precious and, and very, you know, something you're passionate about when it comes to the business is the type of culture that you're creating. So explain how, because culture is kind of this very abstract thing. It's like something that you can feel, but you can't tangibly see or interact with really. You have to be within the, you know, behind the doors to really understand that. So how is the building interpersonal relationships within the business and actually building culture within the business? What is that process like, especially, you know, seven times failed and, and now you're kind of starting to really ramp things up. So explain that as well. Yeah, definitely. And it, I'm laughing a little bit because I remember I, I was 
I was watching a video on Facebook about mm-hmm. Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah, and Gary he v- said, Culture is not having a ping pong table in the in the lounge room. And I saw a ping pong table right as we. I know there's a ping pong table. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it, the the culture it 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 comes down from the values, right? So values, we have to okay. set values, and every single person that we led into the company, they have to. <clears throat> They have to have the same value. To be congruent right? with the company's mission, right? Exactly. Excellence, value, like providing value to the customers, making sure that that we communicate very mm-hmm. well. Communication is is Key. number one yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, always be learning is another value that we have. ABL. I love I it. Always tell. Remember, guys, ABL. Always I say be learning. Learn my because a lot of the things you touched on there really resonate with my personal core values. You know, um, so. Uh, learn to love to learn. If you're not learning, you're not growing. If you're not growing, you're dying. You know, that's one of my core values. And then you touched on value, impact leads, money follows, you know, be value oriented, contribution oriented, growth oriented, you know, and then the other one you said it was excellence, right? So always be the hardest worker and the smartest worker in the room. You know, those are some of my core values that I try and live by. So it's interesting how that perfectly translates and correlates into the way that you're building your business and um, how paralleled it is to how I can help individuals within their lifestyle build the infrastructure and systems and habitual routines within their lifestyle as well so that's really interesting yeah and we have we have a, a phrase that every single new team member once they've been onboarded and everything we tell them we only have three rules have fun and wait show up have fun get shit done that's all we care. I love it. That's it. I like absolutely that's love literally, it. Literally, that's all we have to do. Yeah, and it seems like you guys have, you know, and I don't know if this will come across in, in any type of way, but you guys kind of have like a lack of vibe over here. You know, like, as you said, there's no like set schedule. There's no nothing like that. It's like, just come in when you, you need to. Mm-hmm. Don't come in if you don't. And, you know, as long as you're performing, you know. <laughs> Yeah, because life work balance is very important, especially because, you know, I I come from the corporate world. Right, right. There are a lot of things that I didn't really appreciate about the corporate Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about one of those things this morning. And is when I was when I was working in these companies, um, I had to. So for the listeners, I, I have piercings in my ears. Right. Um, it was one of those things that every single time that I have to show up, I have to take them off, and then once I left work, then I will put them on. So technically, that's like part of my identity, right? It's one of those things like preserving everyone's identity, mm-hmm. who they are, making sure that the line between business and personal don't they don't really collide. So it was allowing the team to, if they want to wear whatever, as long as as long as I'm not being, as long as it doesn't interfere with how you feel, right? Right, or as long as it's professional, mm-hmm. something that you will show up to your mom's house with, type right? Of thing, right, is completely fine. Like, you're me. not going to be walking in with you know, ragged paint covered basketball shorts and, and a ripped open muscle tee or something, right? Exactly, right? Well, well, you'd be surprised, but, <laughs> but, but it's one of those things that, like, you know. We care more for the self mm-hmm. rather than rather than like trying to impose some dumb policy right. that you know it doesn't really matter. It doesn't know? change anything. It doesn't help drive the revenue needle forward. It doesn't help impact the customers. It doesn't help anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So my my job is to make sure that everyone has the tools that they need to be successful. I love it, man. You know, I and, love it. And whereas here at the company, whereas with their own personal projects, you know, as long as they're successful, because you know, success is everyone has their own definition of success, right? right. 
Vale. So we encourage our team members if they have any other outside projects, like by all means, like use any any resource that this company has, you know, because they give so much to the company. So I want to make sure that the company gives them and provides for them. Wow. That wow. They need to. I love that. So you're investing in the growth of the people that of your team, really, in, in the same way. So I'm assuming, you know, obviously just based on what you had said is like if someone needs to come in and get professional photos done or something they can use the studio room get the lights and have the you know all that kind of stuff yeah up, definitely because you know? that will be like a very ego-based decision like oh no don't do that here. right like, you know like if that's if that's what's gonna make them happy by right. all means like do it like right. this is not this is not a place to kill dreams this is a place to build Help dreams. Them. this is a place for opportunity ah oh, wow i love that you just said that man like that is so refreshing, especially because I think that there's this whole new age of entrepreneurship that's really starting to spike up. And I think it's very apparent, obviously, on social media and all that. And it's so refreshing to actually meet somebody that truly gets it when it comes to like an entrepreneur thing. You know what I mean? It's like there's some people that that, you know, they go into it for the vanity. They go into it for the metrics. You know, it's mm-hmm. like there's that there's that iceberg effect you know and it's like as you were saying earlier as people come to you and be like oh you're so successful but they didn't see the seven times that you failed you know in the same way like i started posting a lot of these you know business attire photo shoots and things like that now a lot of people are starting to flood me oh i'm loving what you're doing with the podcast this and that they didn't see the podcast reps where i literally ended up basically like sitting there completely ashamed with the fact that i didn't prep enough to be able to get behind the mic you know and i completely embarrassed myself or 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 anything like that you know the the months in between where you know, I couldn't end up balancing the routine and schedule and I get completely stressed out, you know? And so it's like, people don't see that the silence between the notes is what really makes the music, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, if you make sure that those, the silence that is in between the notes is so on point, you, you have to be so on point so that whenever the note arrives, quote unquote, public appearances, quote unquote, networking events, quote unquote, whatever, that you're on point for that. You know what I mean? And so that's one of the big archetypal things behind my personal development, my systems is like, I'm constantly in that deep time where the door is locked, you know, the headphones are in and I'm just hammering out work as much as I can. Yeah, especially because we see a lot of, you know, you mentioned entrepreneurship and we see a lot of things in social media, mm-hmm. you know, right. like we can pretty much take a wild guess that about 70% of the things that we see in social media, they're a bunch of garbage. It's highlight reel. Yeah, 100%. exactly. They're, they're not, they're not real. Is 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 rented Lambos and things like that. I mean, yeah. mind you, I just came back from LA and we actually, we had a Lambo. It was pretty dope. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we didn't rent it. It was going back to like the personal relationships because mm-hmm. my business partner, the one that you met earlier, Mike, um, he actually met this gentleman that he wants to do business with us. Right, right. And we went to LA to close that deal. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey guys, I really like who you guys are. I know you're going to be here for the weekend. Here's a couple cars, drive them around. Like, you know, it's, it's building the relationship, right, right? right? So, yeah, the driving Lambos is kind of cool. <laughs> but to the point that I wanted to make is... About the, the highlight f- reel, yes. Yeah, is the fact that people come into entrepreneurship with this mindset of making money, right, pumping right. out money. Mm-hmm. And I was one of my, my quote-unquote mentors, um, his name is Ezra Firestone, and okay. he's regarded as the king of e-commerce, mm-hmm. besides Jeff Bezos, mm-hmm. right? Right. So... He's the top leader on e-commerce, and he was he. I was watching one of his videos one time, and he was saying, you know, a lot of people ask me, what does it take to to create a business? Right. How much is it gonna cost me to create a business? And then he was saying, well, 
actually that's the wrong question it is right because because he takes everything mm -hmm. he takes life tears blood all your time wow. relationships i love he it takes everything mm -hmm. and he was saying that the people that ask him that question they're they're more likely to fail based on the fact that they come with a mentality of scarcity rather than a mentality <sighs> of abundance wow instead of coming and saying what can i get if i start this company i'm gonna have to give up a lot of things but mm -hmm. i'm gonna make so much more like it's gonna change my wow. life it's, it's a completely different thing because for example this trip to la um my team they were gonna go i was gonna stay back because i have a, another trip planned for in september that I was gonna go to new york mm -hmm. So I was like, you know what, guy? It's only fair that if I'm going to a wine in New York, that you guys go LA this time. It's completely fine. Um, but then they just kept like, hey, just come, just come, whatever. Right, right, right. So, so I decided to go. But before before I decided going, one is that I knew that if I didn't go with my team, like mm -hmm. I knew it was gonna be something great for my team. Right. And it was the fact that like, okay, my dog had gotten sick. Mm -hmm. She got really, really sick. It like put a dent in my bank account. Right. So it was it turned to a financial decision and it was one of those things that like wait i'm looking at this from a place of scarcity rather than a place of abundance mm -hmm. once we go to la if i end up going to la i have to create an opportunity for myself you're gonna therefore, force yourself to exactly therefore right. if i'm going there we're gonna close this business deal with this gentleman that that is giving us all this oh, dude. and it's also gonna be a great <clears throat> team building opportunity for us to just like bond all of us because it's a lot different to see someone every single day that comes into the office and then leaves as seeing someone for a whole weekend right. for four days straight living and in the right. next to them. Right, right, right. right. It's completely different Completely dynamics. different, yeah, yeah. So it was once I shifted my <clears throat> mindset from scarcity to abundance, mm -hmm. you know, we had an amazing trip. Like wow. the whole team, we actually closed the deal and the whole team, like we're super, super close because of that. Wow, wow. Honestly, man, that that's an amazing story. And I know that you just got back on Monday, was it? It was Tuesday, yeah. Tuesday, okay, Monday, Tuesday, gotcha. Yeah. Um, dude, that's absolutely awesome that you were talking about that shift in mindset from scarcity to abundance and also that you had the self-awareness, you know, the self-actualization, the, the introspection to be able to step outside of yourself and say, okay, how am I analyzing this in the moment? You know, and it's basically, you know, I say that it could be emotional, emotion versus intellect. That's the only two ways in which we can perceive or mm -hmm. rationalize something. And so it sounded like, I think of it kind of like a light... <clears throat> Excuse me. I think of it kind of like a light switch. You know what I mean? So it's like you're either thinking emotionally or you're thinking intellectually yeah. throughout something. And the fact that you could flick the switch, you had that self-awareness, I think is what allowed you to kind of say like now it's time to step up or shell up. You know, and I'm going to step up. I'm going to take the challenge. You have excuses or you have challenges. I'm not going to take the excuse. I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm thinking of this in a place of scarcity. Yeah. You know, I'm going to step up. I'm going to make an opportunity out of this. And now your team is stronger for the, you know, for the, for you making that decision and stepping up and having that courage, man. So yeah, basically a whole trip pays, paid for itself. Exactly. Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's a null point in the first place. The point that the excuse that you had in the beginning was a null point, right? If it, if you closing the deal ended up paying for it in the first place, that's awesome, man. So what would be probably, let me ask you this. What are three things that you've learned from running your own company, running your own companies that you wouldn't have learned any other way personally? Like how have you grown interpersonally within your own mindset? Cause that's an example of you, you know, stepping up personally, mentally, physically resilience, you know, mm -hmm. one is, 
communication and relationships matter a lot. They're, they're probably the number one thing. Because mm-hmm. the only reason why we've gotten to this point is because we have great relationships, open communication with our team members and also with our clients. Right. Um, for example, I posted something about two weeks on Snapchat and I get a couple of people messaging me, also friends that, that are trying to start their own marketing agencies. Because um, what I posted, it was me going to get a cigar with one of our clients. Right. We go and take our clients every month, whenever they want to go, just to build a relationship. Right. So one is like relationships matter tremendous. They're everything. Mm-hmm. They're, they're literally everything. Literally, yes. Because people think that we do business like they they say, oh, B2B or B2C, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. business to consumer or business to business. At the end of the day, like... It's person it, to person. It's human to human. Right, right, right. Like right. That, that's, that's what builds a business. Wow. Like the business relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, it was that if I didn't keep learning, I was going to fall back, especially in my field. Because, you know, technology evolves really rapidly. Oh, yeah. Oh, rapidly, yeah. Right? Like, I mean, Apple, they were able to pump out six new iPhones in the past two years, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So we do everything. Everything that we do is online. It's Facebook, Instagram, websites, you name it. So if we don't adapt, if we don't keep learning, we're going to fall behind. Wow. So we have to stay on top of everything. And the other one is to always have a mindset of value. Like we always, value comes first. Value wow. is the number one thing. Like there's, there's, there's nothing, there's, there's nothing that I can point that will say, hey, like, hey, that is a big determinant factor of success, other than just caring, like showing up and just genuineness caring. of like, intent. Yeah, like, you know, like giving a shit goes a really oh, long way. I, <laughs> I love it, man. Honestly, because. You know, you are so genuinely passionate. And, and this was something that I heard, and I forget if it was on one of the interviews that I had or whatever, but I heard that you're not in the business of doing business. You're in the business of fostering relationships yeah. and building those relationships. And it sounds like, you know, relationship building is one huge skill that you've built as an entrepreneur. You've been able to foster and develop that, especially with your clients and, you know, externally from the business, right? And then also internally within your, your team members and, and all of that as well. So what is your unique approach to fostering those relationships with your clients because you talked about how you'll take them places and things like that how do you approach that and to make sure that you're consistently building that relationship moving it's forward it's just caring and the only like truly like legitimately caring for the other person right mm-hmm. so if i have if i have a client that i know that he loves going out for wine then we're gonna take him for wine mm-hmm. um there's clients that appreciate the fact that we're that we're there for them 24 7 right so he's being there is because going, it, it goes back to value. Because you cannot really impose value on people, right? Because when someone does business with us, some people do it because of our knowledge. Some people do it because we're available. Some people do it because we're young and we we get it what mm. we're doing. Right, right, so right. So is whatever value they want to give to doing business with us. That's the value that we provide back to them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Interesting. So you were talking about as well that you had said. Um, let me think. So you were, you were also talking about how whenever you're working with these clients and stuff, if there is, you know, if they like wine, you're going to take them out for wine. If they like the cigars, you're going to take them out for the cigars and things like that. So it shows that you have a really deep sense of being able to understand from an external perspective, what do these people value and how do they perceive you as a company? And so it seems like you're also willing to give your team to these people to help them grow and, and build their profession as well. You know, having the 24... 24- 
seven access and things like that so you know is that like how you see the new shift of entrepreneurship like what do you see that's up and coming and new from like a macro versus micro sense in the whole game of entrepreneurship how do you think that the game of entrepreneurship itself is evolving it's definitely evolving in a value-based system right right and it's something that i've seen for the past three years is that the companies that only care to make money, chances are they're not gonna be here long enough. Because at the end of the day, is building. When it comes to a business, you have to you have to build the brand. Right. It's not so much about making mm-hmm. sales and whatnot. I mean, mind you, sales fix everything. Right. If we have an issue, like we just gotta go and close a a, a, a client, and boom, the problem just magically <laughs> went away. But is is the fact that we have to provide value to a point that people really connect with the brand, that they assimilate with the brand, that we come that they associate the brand with an identity. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to make making sure that it's not so much the transaction that I'm seeing that shift that brands are becoming a thing. Like brand right. building. So is, now I have a few questions then. The first point is do you think that the reason that these these money first companies are losing is because of the transparency that social media brings and how quickly these reviews Yelp reviews and whatever the case may be can bring to light fallacies in the systems that these businesses have and then the second thing is going to be on branding personal branding but go ahead with that first question yeah basically because because at the end of the day if you're just trying to make money chances mm-hmm. are you're not really trying to provide as much value as you could and you're going to compromise yourself i believe you know exactly in so the long in, the, run. in the in the short term yeah exactly that's that's exactly the point that in the short term yeah it's good like you see the box coming into your bank account right in the long term that the person like people are be- becoming more sophisticated especially online mm-hmm. so one day we can say like, oh here's some limited time sale like go and purchase this product for 50 percent off you only have this many days to go and purchase it mm-hmm. right and we try to get the sale but if we go and send out the same exact email a month later, then people are going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. I get it. Like, I already gave you money. How come you're asking me for money? How about you provide me a little bit of value? Mm-hmm. Right? So we, we, we actually were forced to have a shift in the business of we're really good at making sales. Let's figure out how to build the brand. Wow. Not only for us, but for our company, for our clients, because we're, we're being challenged um, right now because of that because we scaled one of the companies too fast okay we acquired way too many customers like we were like I mean we took this client more than like, your capacity could be able to handle um, yes more than more than the capacity more than it could be handled in the long term we okay. made a lot of decisions that are very money driven for the short term mm-hmm. instead of thinking about the customer in the long term mm-hmm. how we can extend the lifetime value of the customer wow based on the value that we actually provide interesting them. okay i see what you're saying wow so it's interesting how you can and i don't know exactly how to phrase it but you can kind of get ahead of yourself you know in the acquiring clients phase if you're focused too much in the short run and you can bury yourself in the work if you don't if you don't scale it properly is that mm-hmm. kind of the point that you're making because i want to yeah, make sure it, i get it, that right it's balancing sales with the brand building like okay it's interesting. not so much is it's balancing the transaction with the relationship interesting that, that's what it is right it's making sure that if i'm sending you an email today asking you to make a commitment like a monetary commitment then i'm actually balancing that we're trying to make to give you value provide so value in something yeah, sort of way, so right? if you're purchasing this item, mm-hmm. once you purchased it, that throughout the, the process until you make the next purchase, whenever that happens, that I'm 
staying top of mind with you and like hey this is how you use the product this right. is how it provides value mm-hmm. these are the different ways that you can actually provide value for other people with right. this product is is value added content that Interesting. we call it i love it so then this brings me to my next point of the personal branding versus regular branding you know with gary v and with you know jesse itzler with you know um russell brunson you get where i'm going grant cardone ty lopez all of these big entrepreneurs are really starting to it's 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 becoming more of a personal branding game as opposed to a company branding name Mm -hmm. you know as opposed to you know um different banks or something like that you know what i'm saying and so you guys do you focus more on building it sounds like you guys focus more on building the clickable impact brand do you see that shifting sometime in in the short term in the long term or and and focusing more on building the personal brands of the team members or how does how does that kind of fit with your company well it, it's an interesting question because i have no social media presence whatsoever right it's one of those things that that the wife of the mechanic has a broken car <laughs> uh, so like we have team members here that have a pretty solid social media presence across Twitter, YouTube, Instagram that they actually do the work to, to build those presence. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to a company, that's something that we've been adopting for the past two months. Okay. Like making sure that we're providing value, providing tips to our audience and things like that. But putting the face as clickable impact as opposed to Camilo. Um, at the end, in not me in this case it will be the all the team members the team, but okay. the one that is leading the effort is my business partner okay Caroline, gotcha gotcha based on our target market mm-hmm. because something that i identified is the fact that 90 percent of the of the of our clients they're women so okay all gotcha. these companies we're run we're, we're dealing with companies that are their ceos are women mm-hmm. um i've always believed that women are smarter than men by default <laughs> i mean there's a science that proves that right, I mean, the right. gene of the intelligence it comes mm-hmm. from women so it was the shift it was like a marketing shift that like okay you know what like you know like my business partner, one of the co-founders of this company, she's a woman. She's leading this company. Right. She's leading B Steps, her dance shoe company. Mm-hmm. Um, we're dealing business. We're doing business with ninety percent of women. Mm-hmm. Less. I mean, it just makes sense that Caroline is at the front of the company. Right. She's the voice and the brand of the company. Okay, gotcha. So it's aligning our target market with with uh, with the figure of authority. The personal the- branding. I see. So that. Okay, I see what you're saying. Right. Interesting. So you're basically you using both of them in conjunction per se but putting the front end focused around what your target market w- kind of wants to see not necessarily but you get yeah, the point I'm making. it's not about what i want to show them right it's about what they want to see what they want to see once again is value first right and, right and you know we we don't really know what they want to see un- unless we put something out there we get feedback right we analyze the data and locate okay, do people like this do people don't like this let's 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 pivot and it's always okay. What are people gonna want to see? It's what a feedback are, loop, right? Exactly. Like Interesting. How, how can we provide? How can we make someone's life better? Like maybe we post something like, "Hey, um, this client just did this. If you do this in your business, you'll be able to get the same exact results." That mm-hmm. thing, right? You know, is is getting that feedback that the content that we're putting out in the world is actually valuable. It's not like a bunch of garbage. Interesting. And so, you know, the the parallels, because a lot of the work that I do is is very intimate in people's lifestyle, in people's lives. I learn about people's families. I learn about people's lifestyle, their morning routines, their habits. And, 
if you think about it, you know, I have this saying that, you know, I am the CEO of me, you know, I am the CEO of myself, right? And so if you see your life in the same way as the business or as a business, you have to build these systems, i.e. the habits, the routines that you have, right? And then there's a feedback loop. What are the results that you're getting based on the actions that you are taking, right? Mm -hmm. So example is like for me, the podcast, you know, I have a certain system in the morning, my system for success. It's like my top 12 priorities I need to hit every single day, morning routine, this kind of thing, right? I don't always hit it, but whatever the case may be, then I read that data and I see, okay, well, let's say I didn't hit as much. Let's say I got 40% on my system for success. Well, how does that affect my execution towards the podcast? The numbers that I receive on the podcast, the amount that people, you know, my, my clients and stuff are reaching out to me. They tend to be reaching out to me more whenever I'm less on point, which kind of seems interesting is like, so now how have you noticed balancing like the interpersonal side personally for yourself with the business that, that you were talking about that work-life balance? How does that work out for you? The thing that with me, pretty much my business is my life, right? Right. Because at the end of the day, like, this is, this is what I built. I gave my everything to this business, mm-hmm. right? So everything, the person that I am, mind you, I'm a definitely different person when I talk business. Right. Because, you know, like, I get my, my smart pants on type <laughs> of thing. But when it comes to dealing with the relationship, I'm the same person that I'm on the streets that, that I am here. Like, mm-hmm. I will, you know, is like understanding, like, what do people, what does the person across me, what do they like, what, how do they feel? And we have, this is something that we implement in the company, it's like a little test that we use for the, for the clients that we take on, as well as the team members that we bring on the team. And is if, imagine that you're in a barbecue, mm-hmm. right? And then let's assume that the barbecue happened five years from now. And let's assume that there's kids running around and they're your kids. And you're grilling burgers and there's a person standing on the other side and, and standing in front of you. Is the person that is in front of you today the person that you see yourself interacting with five years down I the line? I love life? it. I love so it. So if we talk to someone and we don't see we don't see them in the future, it's not worth it to do business. It's mm-hmm. not fair to them, it's not fair for us. Right. So we we, we call that the barbecue test. Interesting. Wow. So you want to develop that like intimate, I guess you could say, of a relationship with the clients that you're working with, with the the people that you're working with within the company as well. No, and that's that's the relationship that we have with our clients. You right. Know, they they know very personal things about me. They know very personal things about our team members. We the same way that we know about them. You know, they invite us to their house and like, hey, I, I'm throwing a pool party. Would you like got to? Would you like like to come? It's one of those things that. You know, if we said like a very serious corporate structure, like that goes against our values. No, so I get we, that. You know, so we, we need to make sure that every single person that do that we do business with is truly for the long term. Interesting. So then the other question is, you know, entrepreneurship is very lonely. It's very challenging. It's very, you know, there's all these downsides to entrepreneurship. So how do you balance that between, you know, obviously you fostered th- these strong relationships. Is that kind of what you use as your, uh, to keep you pushing forward is, is the people that you've connected with? Yeah. My team, uh, they've always been there for me. Always, always, always is one of those things that if something happens, then I can always rely on them. And mm-hmm. you know, the, it, it goes both ways. They right, know that right. they can also rely on me because mm-hmm. this is not just me. This is them. It's right. Like we're, we're a whole, it's entity. a collective, right? Exactly. Um, so it's just, um, yeah, it's just making sure that, that we're always there for each other. Because basically, and the thing that, about me is that 
um, I mentioned to you earlier, so my dad passed away right. when I was two years old. Mm -hmm. My brother raised me. So when he was raising me, he was going to school and working full time. So I was alone a lot, mm -hmm. not because he wanted to, because that's just life. That right. It just happened. Right. So I learned how to be very independent. Right. I learned how to cook. Um, I learned how to do pretty much everything by the time I was 12. Right. So I grew up very on a me type of person so spending time alone like i actually enjoy it especially because that's that's when i learned that's when i can pick up a book mm -hmm. and whatnot but at the end of the day once i face those challenges once like life slaps me in the face type of thing i know i can have that support system that is not just my business partners but every single person within my life interesting is, is, is extremely important extremely 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 important i love how you use it sounds like you see it as you don't see it as parts of the whole you see it as a collective itself like this is the network that i'm creating so you're focused more on big scale network i guess you could say as opposed to you know like individuals per se does that make sense like do you get the point that i'm making yeah definitely because you know what they say that like your network your network is your network right right it's very true right you know this is something that i learned from ty lopez a long time ago that you are the average of the five closest people to you uh-huh so if 100%. you only deal with five bombs mm -hmm. you're gonna be the sixth bomb exactly you only deal with people that all five drive a ferrari then you're gonna be the sixth one you're on your ferrari. way exactly right so it's associating with yourself with people that are at a higher level than mm -hmm. you so at the average keeps going up for you you know it, i love it, that it's a relationship you, you guys know? keep pushing each other up the mountain as you guys begin to climb to your level of peak performance per se yeah, exactly especially because we have a team member um and we have tons of respect for him because mm -hmm. he 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 helps us a lot with with the email marketing side uh, with strategy sessions um, but he also has another business on the side mm -hmm. that, that we invested in and he also runs a third company and he has two kids seven and twelve wow and he pulls wow. through like he's he's a monster yeah so he's the one that sets the bar right of what you know execution exactly right so what if, it actually looks like if we know if we know that colin can like pull through and perform at such a high level shout out to colin exactly shout <laughs> out to colin <laughs> if he can perform at such a high level mm. then there's no reason why we couldn't so that begs the question for me because you know i'm uh currently i'm taking this uh course it's called insane productivity and it's a uh, darren hardy course he's the ceo and the um, editor-in-chief of Success Magazine. And so he created this course called Insane Productivity. And basically, long story short, he breaks down what what are the determining factors of people like Sir Richard Branson, like you named, and you know Jeff Bezos and, and Tony Hawk and, and Michael Jordan and Oprah and all these billionaires. What is it that makes them different from you know Joe Schmo? Mm -hmm. And the point that he makes is it's not necessarily what these people are doing right everyone else is doing the, the same things that these people are doing as well it's just it's what they're not doing mm -hmm. that is the determining factor of their success long term it's how can what can you eliminate automate and delegate in your life and how can you create what's called an add system or an active distraction defense system within your life and it sounds like this guy colin here has mastered that skill of being a student of the schedule and making sure that he's eliminating as much distractions and he's as present as possible to be able to run three companies and still raise two kids too exactly. yeah he's a monster <laughs> have you 
so then on the back end, how do you develop your, your, do you have some type of system for your, your success or anything like that? Or is it just kind of like intuitive? Like you mean personal or for the business? A little bit of both, like integrated together. Does yeah. that make sense or no? Yeah, definitely. So for example, in with all the failures that we experienced starting this business initially, mm-hmm. um, we one day we sat down and we're like, okay, why did we fail in all of those projects? Right. If we have a handful that were successful and we have triple of them that were not successful, why were they successful and why were this not? Right. And we came up with a system that we call the five piece of profit. Okay. And if a business comes to us and they don't fit within the five piece of profit, then it's a no. It's just not going to happen. Got it. Because those are the things. Because if we say yes, then we're hindering the growth of the business. I love it. Because it, it, what happens is that people shouldn't take money just because right right like that that's the no and thing. i love that you say that too yeah yeah and that's the worst thing that we were doing in the beginning but I'm f- like it's one of those things that that if we didn't like good thing that we learned right right, right we right. learned from all of those things because initially we had like hey here's 10 grand go run social media campaigns and blah blah, blah. and the projects will fail and then that's how we c- came out with the five piece of profit and just mm-hmm. to give you like a quick run and the first one is product market fit what is the value that you bring into the world the second one is persuasive messaging how are you communicating with your existing clients do you know how to talk to them uh, proper offers try not to marry your customers on the first date take them out for copy first and right. then you sell them whatever you want to sell them mm-hmm. plus an infrastructure that if someone comes to your website then it's a beautiful design it's a beautiful experience for them and the last one is promotional content Interesting. so we analyze their business business and if they if they don't at least fit the first one like there's n- the first one is, is a no-brainer right if they don't have pro market training and if we don't believe it is gonna be a no because if we say yes one we're we're not able to scale the company because at that point we're taking on something new that we haven't done. So we have to move all our resources. Opportunity cost. Exactly. The opportunity cost that we're losing by like trying to make a quick buck in the front end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But in the long term, it's going to cost us a lot more exactly. in, in terms of growth, in, even in terms of profitability. Because right. usually those, 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 those clients that we take that are outside of the scope of our expertise mm-hmm. just because they're willing to give us money, those products are they end up being very short short short-lived yeah interesting so one of one of so i have this like purpose prayer basically i write it down every single day and it's a, a series of i am affirmations and a lot of the points that you've made are so congruent it literally blows my mind one of them is i am dedicated to long-term fulfillment over short-term happiness by choosing to spread love gratitude and respect to all people and so I think that that is exactly the point that you just made. And there was a couple others that, that really stood out to me. Um, one of them is I'm willing to accept the cost of my mission in blood, sweat, tears, stress, dedication, struggle, pressure, and sacrifice. And you would literally use blood, sweat, tears, and stress in there, literally like perfectly quoting some of these, these core values. And so that shows like a level of a high level of congruence of internal personal development and fortitude, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, and so I just wanted to commend you on that. And I also wanted to uh, take a second to really commend you on your genuineness of intent when it comes to providing value and trying to leave this world a better place. The first line of that purpose prayer is I am on this earth to cause a ripple effect that positively affects the human race. Nice. And that is literally the, f- the first sentence that I repeat to myself every single morning. I write it down. You know, and hey, it's fist bump for that. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it's like if you don't dedicate yourself to the, to 
causing a ripple effect that positively affects the human race. I genuinely believe that the reason we are on this earth is to leave this earth a better place than it was whenever you first entered it. And I wanted to commend you on the fact that you are an archetype for a purebred entrepreneur that is genuinely focused on providing and facilitating and growing strong relationships with the clients, with the people that you work with, and then providing as much value so that it's a copacetic relationship. There's an even flow of value exchange from one end to the other in such a strong way that that is the indicative factor of your long-term success. And I want to say that I can see now that in 10 years from now, you are going to be a top elite entrepreneur. I can guarantee it just because a level of, of you know, mastery of, of understanding how people work fingers you know crossed I mean? fingers yeah. crossed yeah definitely, definitely hey man so um we're getting close on time here so to kind of close it up um as i said at the beginning i am a firm believer that we are the protagonist of our own hero's journey you've shared your story with the dive tribe up until this very moment what is the next chapter for you um so the next chapter so actually after this meeting um, we're gonna meet up with the leadership de- team um, of this company to set the goal of where do we want to be in 10 years. I love it. So basically is putting a carrot in front of everyone because right now we know where we want to go. We're like, okay, we're, we're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. But what is success? Let's quantify that success. I love it. Um, so it's, it's saying that the, the, the one-year goal, three-year goals, and 10-year goals for the company. I love it. Because um, at the end of the day, like the, the, the goal is to get to 64 people. Once we get to 64 people in this company, then I'll, I'll say, okay i did it <laughs> there you it. go right you know but i'm pretty sure that once i get there i'm gonna want the next thing you but scale it up and scale it up now let me ask you then are you reverse engineering that goal or are you kind of setting benchmarks and building on top of that yeah it, it's a little bit of both because it, it turns into a numbers game right 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 so right. if we have if one if one team member can manage five clients then we need X amount of, and those five clients bring X amount of revenue. Mm-hmm. They just backtracking, multiplying everything. Right, right, know? right, right, right. I see what you're saying. Okay, cool, man. So, um, where can people find you? You know, feel free to plug any social medias or any websites or any blogs, upcoming works, any businesses, quotes, comments, anything you'd like to leave the Dive Tribe with. Yeah, definitely. Um, one thing that I wanted to let everyone know is that take massive action. At the end of the day, like one big big factor for success for me is that I had all this knowledge and I thought that knowledge was power like society tells us knowledge mm-hmm. is power it's only potential power knowledge is only potential power yes. like it, I didn't do anything because for for a good two three years of my life I was I'm like I know so much right. but it's not happening mm-hmm. I'm not doing anything mm-hmm. because I wasn't doing anything right, right? you weren't doing, doing anything anywhere. with it right. exactly I wasn't doing anything so one is like take massive fucking action like Tony Robbins right says, yes right? yes um, so I will leave you guys with that to make sure that whatever it is it doesn't really matter what it is like you want to start a podcast you want to grow your Instagram account you want to start a website you want to start a blog it doesn't really matter because usually people don't do those things out of fear right and out of fear of being criticized mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. people are going to talk shit regardless right. they're going to do it regardless right. you might as well just do whatever you want to do right right and right? there's that other quote too that's uh, I forget exactly how it goes but it says if you don't have any haters then you're not doing anything worthwhile you know Exactly. And so that's the point that you're making there. And I want to back that up as well because for six years, five, six years maybe, I wanted to do this podcast. I wanted to do it. And just because I wanted to do it, it wasn't enough to push me to actually execute because the fear was debilitating me for so long. And then I got to the point where I found a mentor 
and they showed me the way and said, this is the actual step-by-step process that you need to take to do it. And if you don't know how to do something to add to your point here, find a mentor, find somebody that is congruent with, you know, where is their micro, their day-to-day life is your macro, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of how I, I base off, is this person a good fit for me as a mentor, yeah, you know? But, so yeah, and that, that was the point, that was the last thing that I wanted to let you guys know. And you know, the name of the company is Clickable Impact, so it's clickableimpact.com. Um, I just started an Instagram account, that is Cami Para, P-A-R-R-A Marketing. Got it. At Cami Para Marketing. Um, mind you, I'm gonna be pumping out a lot of content mm-hmm. in Spanish because I definitely see a product market fit in, in in like the Hispanic market based on the fact that you know like you mentioned Russell Bronson, there's Gary Vee, there's all of these really high level marketers, but there's nothing like that in in Spanish. That Interesting. Okay. So, so that will be if if anyone would like to follow me, they'll see yeah, they'll see sure. me speak Spanish type of thing. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Like, you know the the hashtag of the company. I mean the 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 handle of the company is applicable impact and that's pretty much where you guys can reach us all right man well i appreciate everything that you brought you brought so much value to this podcast man so without further ado much respect much love much gratitude to you and to the dive tribe no thank you guys thank you alex thank you everyone that's listening really appreciate the opportunity of course signing off in three two one